Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend. Did y'all watch football yesterday? Go dogs. Let's go. Let's go. Any Clemson fans in the house? In your face, if you're here. Uh, it, it was a good day. Uh, I just, I think Jesus likes a little trash talk. I don't know why I think that. I don't know that I have any biblical, you know, references for that, but I just, I think he does. You know, he, he kind of picked at the disciples some, and so uh, I'm into it. Um, it's going to be a good football season, in Jesus' name. Um, hey, uh, we're, we're starting a new series, not this weekend, but next weekend. We went through everything that you guys sent in. Uh, we went through, we, we took a survey, was it last weekend, Neil? Gosh, the, the weeks are just, just flying, flying by. Uh, and and we, we asked you guys questions. Hey, what do you want to hear about? What do you want us to teach about? And so we're going to start a new series called The Good News. And, and we're going to ask this question. How is the gospel the real, practical, like think about this in your life. How is the gospel the real, practical solutions that we face as individuals, think about the things that you go through. How's the gospel, the real practical, not just spiritual, practical solution for the problems you go through and the issues that we face as a culture? And so we're gonna take probably eight weeks and and we're gonna look at this uh, from an individual perspective. We're gonna look at this from a collective perspective. And so we're gonna do a lot of apologetics. We're gonna do a lot of Bible study and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we do that, this weekend, I, I want to talk about something that is even more important than all those things. Love. Jesus said, the, the way that people will know that we're his disciples, that we're his people, that we're Christians, that, that we're little Christ, is by the way that we love each other. Uh, There's a section of scripture, we're not going to read it today, but I think we're all familiar with it because any wedding you've ever been to, it's been read. Love is the most important thing above all other things. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so this morning, we're going to jump in. We're going to be in Romans 12. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to be in verse 9. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. When you got it, say, I got it. It's 10 of you. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay, you all got it. It's on the screens behind me. Okay. Uh, Here's what it says. We're going to read through verse 18. So verse 9, it says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight. Everybody say delight. In honoring each other. Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Look at this next part. We're we're gonna get to this at the end. But it says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. 
Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable and do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. We're going to jump into it. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you wrote these letters for us, your church. God, we thank you that you spoke through the prophets and the teachers, God, the apostles. God, we thank you that you spoke through Paul here. And God, that you're going to speak to us today to equip us as your body to live more and more like you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Uh, well, I was thinking kind of coming into this weekend, I was just remembering high school. Anybody ever just go back and you sit there and you remember high school? You go back, go back and you look at photos of your friends. You go back, you look at your old yearbooks. Uh, when, when I was in high school, I was in choir, all right? Uh, it was cool at my school, okay? So lay off me. Uh, was in choir and uh, one day, one of my friends, he was running late for, for choir rehearsal. And if you've ever been in choir, there's risers, right? And then you have the teacher who's in front, and she instructs and whatnot. And so we're all up on the risers. My buddy Seth, he, he's running late. And uh, he, he, he runs up through the back of the risers, and this smell hits him. I mean, it almost knocks him over. Like you can, I, I can still vividly remember Seth running up on the risers. He comes up, he pops up, and he goes, oh, oh. Okay, backstory. We're all standing there. We've been there the whole time. Seth just got there. We've been smelling this smell for about five minutes, and we've located the source of the smell. And so Seth comes up, and he goes, oh, what's that? And we're like, shh, it's him. It's him. And this, this guy at my school, Callie just gave me a warning look because she knows the whole story. Uh, th this guy at my school, he, he, had a, he had a rear on him. Can I say it that way? Uh, I did. And <laughs> this guy, that, he didn't always stink, but this day there was something going on. He'd left something behind. I'm not talking about the rapture. And <laughs> it stunk. Talk about stink, okay? And so we're all like, shh, it's him. It's him. He goes, oh, what's that smell? And we're like, shh, it's him. And the guy turns around. You can't, you can't make this up. The guy turns around and he goes, well, it's not me. Someone t told me I smell like cotton candy earlier. And Seth looks him right in the eyes. He goes, well, you don't. <laughs> it's one of my favorite memories from high school, okay? Y'all, he here's the truth. Someone had lied to this man, okay? This guy did not. He smelled like something, but it was not cotton candy. Y'all, the, the truth is in life, we, we need people who are going to tell us the truth, Right? He goes around smelling like that all day. Somebody told him he smelled cotton candy. That person did not love him, okay? I would contend that the person who loved this guy the most was not the four guys, my buddies, who are laughing. We know who stinks, making fun of him. It was the guy who come, came up and said, you don't smell like that. You smell like poo-poo, and you need to go to the bathroom. You need to check it out. Yo, I, I think that one of the biggest issues that we have in the church is that we mistake kindness, we mistake kindness for uh, an unwillingness to engage in problems. 
We call it kindness, but actually it's insecurity. Because we have things going on in us. We're not willing to point out the things that are going on in other people. And something, something that I've learned, we're, we're going to walk through this, how this plays out. But something that I have learned is that if we're going to walk in real love, we have to have biblical standards. We, we have to walk by the standards of God. Why? Because anything that has value has standards attached to it, right? Yo, my daughter Georgia is my prized possession, okay? I love her more than anything other than my wife, and as soon as she can understand that, I'll explain that to her. Uh, Pastor Rick always <laughs> said, he told his kids, he said, if there's a fire, uh, I'm gonna get your wife out first, my wife out first, your, your mother, and then I'll come back for you guys. And the kids are like, what? He's like, we can make more of you, but I can't get another one of her, okay? <laughs> Real love has standards, y'all. I don't let Georgia get into the cat litter, right, no matter how much she might want to, because I want her to do things that are good for her. I want her to do things that are healthy for her. And the truth is, if we want God's strength, we've got to embrace God's standards. Romans 12, 9, it says hate. You know, that, that word hate literally means be horrified by. It, it doesn't just mean dislike. It means be horrified by what's wrong. Hold tightly. That, that literally means to glue ourselves inseparably to what's good. This whole section, uh, Romans chapter 12, it's going through how we work and how we live as a community together. So why did Paul put this here around love and relationships? Y'all, I believe, I believe he put this here because when we love someone, sometimes we let things go that we shouldn't. When we love someone, sometimes we're not willing to say things to them that we should. One writer, he said, our, our vision of good and evil gets distorted when it comes to that person. I wonder if you've experienced this. Yo, we see it in dating relationships, right? We've all seen that friend who is dating someone that they should not date. Everyone is telling them, do not date them. And she's like, listen, I know. He doesn't love Jesus. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't treat me well. But I love him. And your real friends are going to say, you think you love him, but you're caught up in a fallacy, right? He doesn't even love himself. He can't love you. He can't lead himself. He can't lead you. Yo, we have to have standards in the way that we live. Yo, it happens all the time with parents. Yo, I'm going through this now. It is the worst thing in the world. If you don't have kids yet, just wait. It is the worst thing in the world to have to punish your kids. All right, you've had a great day, everybody's laughing, having a good time, and all of a sudden, that line of disobedience gets crossed. And you're like, come on, it's seven o'clock, you're about to go to bed, I don't, want, I don't want to give you spanking right now. Like, please, you're imploring them, please do what I need you to do. But y'all, if we don't teach children to, to love obedience as children, when they become adults, they're not going to love obedience, right? Yo, that, that's the goal. When you're raising young kids, you want them to learn to love and to, to trust their parents. Yo, this is what God wants from us. Real love has standards. Yo, the problem comes 
when we want to keep our loved ones happy instead of healthy. The problem comes when we want to keep our loved ones happy instead of healthy. Tim Keller said this. He says, God, God's law reveals the way in which our world and our souls were designed. To disobey God's law is bad for the beloved. Therefore, real love, everyone say real love, is concerned about the truth. And any love that's afraid to confront the beloved is not really love, y'all listen to this, but a selfish desire to be loved. Here's what I found. Real love that says the hard thing can actually deepen true relationships, not destroy them. He goes on to say, true love, on the other hand, is willing to confront and even to lose the beloved in the short run if there's a chance of helping him or her. You know, it is not love to be watching somebody head off a cliff but being unwilling to tell them that. You know, we've got to be people. We've got to be a generation of the church that is willing to seek out the truth that's willing to wrestle with the truth within the context of community, and that's willing to speak the truth to those around us who are in relationship with, in love. Y'all, real love has standards. Okay, let's keep going through this, though. But listen, real love takes effort. It has standards, but it takes effort. Sometimes we think, okay, like I'm a Christian, I'm doing these things, I'm reading these things. You think it's just gonna come naturally out of you to do the right thing? <laughs> The longer you follow Jesus, I don't know. I don't know if this has been y'all's experience. The more I figure out, I'm so far from the mark that he set. And I have to effort towards these things. Romans 12, 9, the first part says, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. You know, it's not easy to confront those you love, but it's equally difficult to love someone you don't like. It's difficult to love someone you don't like. If you ever had a relationship with somebody, it just grates on your soul. Like there is something about them. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know that person. You get around them and you're like, I just don't like you. Like I don't know what it is. I've never felt like that. But I just know how sinful you guys are. <laughs> you just, you've probably got somebody who's coming to mind. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to talk about how to handle that. <laughs> Yo, this is saying don't pretend to love them really love them. So how the heck do we do this? You know, we've got to be careful that we as a church don't develop a culture where we're fake, phony, and insincere. So, so what does this look like? Phony and insincere culture. It looks like talking to someone and being polite while secretly despising them on the inside and doing nothing to try to change that. Okay, th this doesn't mean that we're supposed to go to people all the time and be like, listen, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't like you. <laughs> and I just couldn't let you say one more word out of your stupid mouth without me <laughs> without me sorry, I was watching football all day yesterday, a little loose today. Okay, so, so how do we have real, sincere relationships where we don't pretend to love people but at the same time, we don't tell everyone we don't like, like, I don't like you. I really think you should find a different church, or at least don't sit in my section, right? 
Yo, we have to ask God, listen to me, to heal our dislike for other people. When you encounter someone within the church that you genuinely don't like, (laughs) this is going to happen. We have got to take time to ask God to heal our annoyance with them. Yo, there are some people right now who you have muted on all your social media platforms. (laughs) You've muted their stories. You've muted their posts. Because one of Callie and I's rules is if somebody's social media is making us not like them, we just mute them for a while. We say, you know what, I'm going to put you on the bench for a little bit. We're going to come back and reevaluate this in a couple weeks. (laughs) I bet if I went around the room, every person in here could name someone who has gotten on their nerves this past year. You may not even know why. It's like every time you post something, I just want to punch your face. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Here's my encouragement. What are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> right? What do I do with this? We go to God. We take this before him. It says in the beginning of Romans chapter 12, it says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Y'all, God hasn't called us to like everyone. That's the truth. But God has called us to love everyone. And it's really hard to love someone when there's disdain in your heart. It's really hard to seek the good of someone else when there's anger and there's frustration in your heart. I would submit to you that the first thing that has to change is not the way that they're acting or the way that they're posting or the way that they're believing, but the way that you're viewing them. And I think what God wants to do in these scenarios, he wants to heal us first. And he wants us to interact with those people in love. Y'all, if we don't do this, we will develop a culture of gossip and backroom negativity. And that person that you're frustrated with will never know. But everyone around you will know. Y'all, this is what happens in the world. But Paul is saying it cannot be this way in the church of Jesus. Yo, let's, let's, let's be a, a people who fight gossip, who fight that sort of negativity and fight for love for each other, even though we encounter differences of opinion. We've got to view people through the lens of God's love for them. And if God could love for me, God, God could love me as wicked as I am and was when he found me. So just for me, this is what helps me. If he could love me when I was at my worst, I can love someone else when they're at theirs, amen? This is the prayer. God, show me how you view them. God, give me your lens on this person. Because often the things that are annoying you about someone else, it's areas of brokenness. It's areas where they need healing. And if you start labeling them as the enemy, you start labeling them as the problem, instead of saying, man, I see this brokenness, I'm gonna start praying for you in that area. And in fact, I'm gonna start praying for favorable moments. Listen, God may well use you to help bring healing in that person's life. Just like my buddy in high school. (laughs) Can I tell you one of the saddest things? Is that somebody could go through life with a glaring flaw and weakness, and no one around them loves them enough to tell them. You know, I'm not promoting let's be a church where we're just hyper-confrontational all the time and yell at each other, and every time you do something wrong, somebody's going to get in your face about it. I'm saying let's be a church that when we see things going on in our friends' lives, we say, hey, like, I I could be way off here. But I've noticed that you're doing this, and I've noticed that when you do it, other people don't react well to it. Where's that coming from? Have you noticed that? Y'all, that's love. 
right? But it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It is way easier to walk away, to write that person off, and to distance yourself from them. Number one, real love has standards. Number two, real love takes effort. Number three, real love delights in honor. Delights in honoring. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. This is, this is the end of this verse. Oh, that's, this is actually verse 10. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight. Everyone say delight in honoring one another. Y'all, this is one of the biggest places <laughs> that Christians blow it. All right, you have generally two extremes. You you have the Christians that never tell the truth; they're never confrontational. Y'all, Jesus rebuked people. <laughs> like, go back and read the scripture. Jesus rebuked people. Jesus also lovingly and gently corrected people. Y'all, there's both sides that have to happen. So you generally see one side or the other. You see the church where it's like hyper-confrontation all the time. There's no love. You see the church where there's no confrontation. You know, I, I think honor is the difference maker in this situation. It's one of the biggest places we've blown it. You know, it's telling the truth with honor and respect. This, this doesn't mean that we don't say hard things. You know, I, I was talking to another pastor who lives in another city outside of here. Um, this literally happened in his church this past year, okay? There was a disagreement over some things that the government was doing, and so there was a hearing about it, okay? (laughs) Some of the city council members who were standing on stage, three of them attended the same church as the person who was on the microphone yelling at them and belittling them, and then behind them was someone else from the same church. This is in public. This is a public forum, was heckling the person on the mic. So here you have in one church, you have the government leaders who made the decision. You have another member of the community who's on the mic yelling at them about it. And then you have other members of the same Christian, Jesus-believing community who's in the back making fun of the person. Yo, this cannot be us. Yo, we have got to be a church, especially as we step into these things. We start talking about apologetics. We start talking about truth. We start talking about issues within our lives, within our society. We have got to be a people who are willing to have conversations. Something happened this weekend in the church, and I'm so proud of the person who did this, and he'll know who I'm talking about. There was a difference of opinion. It was something public, and this person texted the other person and said, hey, you posted this and offended me, and I want to talk to you about why it offended me and just see if we can find some common ground there. Y'all, how much better would our world be Come on, how much better would our world be is if when we see things that offend us on the internet, we actually talk to someone. We don't just post the other perspective in a really passive aggressive way, right? Well, this is how Jesus would really love people. I don't know. I'm not saying that we can't have disagreements, but where there's disagreements and there's no honor, there's no love. We gotta take delight in honoring each other. Y'all, here's what I've noticed. Many people's faith is being formed by their political views on both sides of the aisle. 
rather than people's political views being formed by their faith. You know, I'm, I'm seeing so many people go through this. Massive wrestlings within their faith. You know, we have got to be a people. If we're going to be the people of Jesus, our, our primary concern, our primary belief, our primary focus is the coming of the kingdom of Jesus. And so here's what I want to challenge you with. Look at your life. Look at the conversations that you're having. Look at the way that you're having confrontations. And just simply ask yourself, is it loving? Is it truthful? And is it rooted in the word? Amen. If we're going to do this, we've got to examine our hearts, examine our motives. This is one of the toughest ones for me. Proverbs 16, 2. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Last one. So real love has standards. Real love takes effort. Real love delights in honoring. Number four, real love serves others. Romans 12, 11 through 13. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. Look, to close, I just want to look at how Jesus did this. How did Jesus handle conflict within his tribe? That's a good question, right? How did Jesus handle conflict within his tribe? Things that he saw coming, things that happened. John 13, 12 through 17. This is what we're going to close with. Here's what it says. This is Jesus. And, and, we, and he had finished washing their feet. These are his disciples. He put on his clothes and he returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's who I am. Now that I'm your Lord and teacher, I have washed your feet. You should also wash one another's feet. I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Y'all, <laughs> this is absolutely disgusting. All right? Imagine, you go outside for one day, right, barefoot or in sandals. I don't know if you've ever walked around on dirt roads in sandals. I don't do that a lot. But, you know, there, there were no paved roads in these days, all right? Th their feet were filthy. <laughs> their feet were disgusting by our standards, all right? Uh, we were standing there the other day. Was it you? We had a friend, <laughs> and we'd been outside, like, at the lake or something, and she had her feet up. And I was like, your feet look like lost boys' feet right now, <laughs> okay? <laughs> they, they, they had lost boys' feet, okay? Just imagine. And Jesus, the creator of the universe stoops down on his knees and he's washing their feet. This would have been reserved for the lowest servant in the house. But Jesus, the gem of humanity, the hero of heaven, 
stooped down and he washed their feet. We know how the story goes. Consider what happens next. Judas betrays him. Peter denies him. And the rest of the disciples desert him. Y'all, you are going to encounter people who let you down. You are going to encounter people that you disagree with. But let's look at the model and the methods of Jesus for how we're supposed to respond. He didn't treat his followers, these people who were going to let him down so deeply like enemies. But in humility, he served them. And he prayed for them. And he wanted the best for them. And so here's the question I want to leave you with. Who in your life have you become angry with? Have you labeled as a rival? You've labeled them as an enemy? And God wants to turn that. He wants you to start praying for them and not condescending prayers. God, I'm so right and they are so very wrong. Show them how very wrong they are and how very right I am. God, Reveal your purposes, your plan, and your will. God, show me if there's any unclean way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We're gonna take five minutes here. It's Labor Day weekend. If y'all don't go grill some meat and blow some stuff up and <laughs> jump in a lake or a creek, something, just some body of water, I'm gonna be mad at you, okay? But before we do all that, I want us to take five minutes and just to search our hearts. God may ask you to do something uncomfortable. God may ask you to put some effort in. In fact, I would say he probably will. But I just want you to take some time and say, God, is there anyone that you want me to change my perspective of? Is there anyone that I need to tell the truth to that I've been afraid to tell the truth to? Or is there anybody that I need to apologize to in the way that I viewed him? I need to start praying for him. So two questions. What's God speaking to you this morning? What's he asking you to do about it? Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.